Peter Hill Explains, where I invite you to join the science teaching conversation with me about... After a few days break, I'm back podcasting, doing the final podcast on candles, the stock market um, mapping tool, and uh, we're up to, it's title 21 candles, and we're up to the last of the 21 candle uh, shapes. So uh, a candle uh, is formed by a real body, which is a fat uh, candle shape, uh, which um, uh, has a start and close price, open and close price, opening price and close price of the stock for the day of a period of trading. And uh, that, um, if it starts off low and ends up high, that's a white one. If it starts up high and ends up low, that's a black or dark one. It also has other features called shadow, which is the uh, excursion low or high above the open and close price. Now, um, essentially, there is actually no logic or um, predictive value uh, above and beyond any other type of plotting or analysis tool. In itself, is it not an analysis tool? It's a, uh, a language, a form of decoration. But that being said, uh, it has a, a value that I've thought of over the last couple of days in that uh, there's a sort of similar type of thing for drawing uh, field lines or religious viewpoints. It's um, a uh, sort of a social convention which allows people to socially engage and create a narrative about what's happening in the stock market. It went up, it went down. Oh, no, you can now say, uh, then the doji appeared and the triple crow appeared. It provides a intermediate language to describe it and uh, a language for which people can uh, uh, convert uh, numerical stuff to uh, a narrative stuff. So it's a, a numerical to narrative conversion tool as such that it has uh, intrinsic, intrinsic value. It's got no value in terms of far as I can see, uh, particularly um, avoiding a disaster, but it has a, a value of communication uh, such that it allows education to occur. So, sort of similar to um, nursery rhymes, uh, which communicate morals, but overall it is very rare that you're going to have a, uh, a fox underneath a grapevine or a someone going to a gingerbread head. It's very un unlikely, but this story still goes ahead and it allows this culture to go ahead. So it's got a role there. Now, there is obviously a way to make money out of it. And this is to induce, to produce a better um, system of communication and also link that, that system of communication into um, software tools which allow you to go so let's read this last one of 21 candles. So we've had various candles to go through, and I, I might not, in my mind, is not worth summarising it, going back and summarising it. It's worth going to the next step of creating software to enable uh, enable access. This is the ebook or, or an e application to allow you to go forward. Okay, candle 21 tweezers can help you pull profits out of the market. Okay, tweezers, obviously, it's the shape of these bars where people have imagined it. So, 
uh, white, three ascending white things are white soldiers, three descending black main bodies is crows, you've got doges, all engulfing, engulfing ones, uh, various, various uh, hammers, inverted hammers, hangmen, that type of stuff. I don't know how we got to 21. Um, and I don't know whether it's really worth considering it. In my experience, tweezer candles do not occur all that often in the stock market. However, when they do indeed take place, they're almost always significant. One would say, obviously, you would define tweezer, uh, tweezers as a set of parameters and just let it run through the data you know, rather than you know, people pour, pouring through it. And this is the, the major thing, this is um, the entire aspect of scientific endeavour is to attach significance to it. Just to, um, so the scientific process is um, to place your, your bias to a quality control system to say, well this, this bias is a good bias as a poor to a poor quality bias, this is to actually just systematically sort your bias. So, uh, humans have a bias to make up a story, uh, and that story uh, is a pattern. So you have a preamble, a pattern, a path to make a picture, and then you say, does that picture fit with the pattern? Does it have three levels of significance, I'd say? Firstly, numerical significance, does it numerically it was going. Does it have evidential um, significance? Does the fact that this pattern mean what I think it means? You know, d d does it actually conclusively exclude other explanations? So is it in such a way that it is an exclusive explanation? And the third level of significance, does it have a social significance? Uh, social in terms of other people or social within your own personal journey. When it does have those things, it has a quality rating. It's not right or wrong, it's, it's just higher quality. Now, um, what we see here is the inverse of this going ahead or looking for, you're going straight, you're looking at a pattern um, and you're not doing the scientific induction method, you're just uh, extracting significance, so it's a short shortcut, it's very much a narrative and it gets you very much involved, so the, I suppose the aspect of scientific endeavour is that it seems, seems very much uh, not, not a narrative. It's not, it suspends the narrative and allows quality control to come in. Here, the narrative is instant. The, it's, the idea is that you're watching it and part of the stock market is that you get instant. You make a decision and it has almost an instant instant impact so it's sort of like being in a um, ad-libbing and it doesn't allow your mental capacity to increase however in this case it does have a very much engaging language so if you uh, had a class of kids I could actually talk to them for them a long time about different things they may not understand the full set of concepts but there's a broad range of names and they could they might be able to say that's a doji but not understand everybody else. Uh, and so it's got an entry level and a retention level. Okay, so this person's got a series of tweezers and um, uh, it says, what are tweezer candles? Candlestick theory, 
Okay. Is it is it a theory? I think it would be a methodology, or style. But it says theory. Recognizes both a tweezer's top and a tweezer's bottom. Tweezer formation always involves two candles. At a tweezer top, the high price of two nearby sessions are identical, or very nearly so. Uh, in a high high priced stock. There may be a few cents variation, and I believe it should still be considered a tweezers. At a tweezers bottom, the low price of the two sessions come in at the same, at the close, um, in close succession at the same time. Okay, for simplicity, I think, I think, I don't quite understand that. For simplicity, let's just let's talk just about tweezers bottom. In some instances, the tweezers bottoms are formed by two real candlestick bodies that make an identical low. Well, no. Uh, sorry, an identical low, but the low is a low closing and low opening. Um. The other instances, the low shadows of the two nearby candles touch the same price level and the stock then bounces higher. A third possibility is that a lower shadow of one day and the real body of the nearby session hit the same bottom level. Most traders are familiar with the double bottom or double top. For this formation to occur, the chart you're looking at should generally show at least 15 trading days uh, between uh, two tops or bottoms. A double bottom or a double top or bottom is. And look, I th this is very poorly explained. You, you imagine a computer simulation would get get it, and it would be good to have actually, you know, online tests with it. Oh my god. Sorry, I just find this a bit depressing to read somehow. Typically, forecasting the formation that applies intermediate term reversals. In my mind, now, obviously, in a scientific paper, you wouldn't say the view of the scientist is this, because obviously that view needs, if it is a thing, it has to be qualitatively tested in a double blind. But here we go. In my mind, the tweezer pattern is analogous to a very short term double top or double bottom. Uh, what the tweezer candle says is that prices held twice at the same exact level or very close to it. At the bottom, sellers were not able to push back the stock lower. At the top, the bulls were not able to drive the price sizes. The tweezer thus signifies a very short-term support and resistance levels. Tweezers sometimes occur on two consecutive trading sessions. In these cases, they are relatively easy to spot. However, they can also occur several sessions apart, say six or eight. If they are spread further apart than that, then the formation is beginning to approach a double bottom or top described above. When the tweezers occur consecutively, their forecasting value is generally increases. Why? Well, in these cases, a bullish or bearish move has been absolutely stopped in its track and is more likely to reverse. God, Father. As with 
any candle, swing traders should carefully watch the price action that occurs immediately after the tweezer candles. If the tweezer bottoms is to be a meaningful reversal, then the low formed by the two candles should hold. If the bottom is penetrated, then the prices are likely to descend to at least the next important support level. The opposite is true for a tweezer's top. Surely this statement could be converted to a mathematical thing and then run on historical data to actually prove it. Burlington Northern Railroad, BNI, was a stock on fire as investors bid up much of the Dow Jones transportation average uh, of which it part forms. The stock ran from $46 range in early February to a peak of $56.28 in late March, a price that formed a peak of the stock. Burlington then formed a small head and shoulders and then took a round trip right back to $48, uh, $46 in mid-April. Right, this person would think he's interesting but would be deadly boring. Say, if on a bushwalk, I'd be just... Oh, look over there, changing the topical term. A tweezer bottom then marked the conclusion of the selling pressure. The first low occurred at $46.59. Eight days later, BNI tested $46.54, five cents lower than the first tweezer candle. Note the long lower shadows on both candles saying sellers were eager to step in and buy um, in this zone of support. I sort of see... Uh, uh. I've also included the 150 day moving average on the chart. Note the moving average is sloping up to define the long term trend. I typically put the 150 day moving average God. On chart, when it's rising and below, uh, it's rising and below the share price. It provides support that often stops a correction, particularly the first time it's tested. From the mid forty-six dollar range, BNI rallied to fifty-one dollars sixty-two on May the sixth, and fifty-one dollars fifty-nine on May the ninth. These days were Friday and Monday, so they were consecutive. Far out. A tweezer stop stalled the recovery and the shares again pulled back, falling this time to a low of just $47. Tweezer candles do not occur frequently as other candles such as dojis. When they do rise, however, they generally give rise to a high probability of trading opportunities. Recognize the candle formation and you'll have much easier time extracting money from the market. Far out. So if are there dojis here? Oh, I see one. It's very hard to see. Possibly two. Yeah, I suppose that's right. But, oh, so stupid, I've never seen. Gaps from a Japanese candlestick viewpoint. A gap is a hold in the chart. It occurs because in a particular day, a stock opens or closes much higher or lower than the previous session. The cause of the gap can be varied. Some common reasons for gaps are earnings announcements, important corporate news, even larger movements in the overall stock market at the opening of trading. 
So this is no longer candle type, so got but now we have a candle length. A trader should, uh, four types of gaps, a trader should be able to identify four types, different types of gaps. Area, common, breakaway, conti continuation, measuring, and exhaustion. An area gap occurs within a trading pattern such as a triangle, rectangle, or base. Typically the area gap is of little significance. Since the area gap is often filled quickly, they can form traditional wisdom that gaps are filled. The stocks Aladdin knowledge systems uh, shows two examples of area gaps. In both these cases, these gaps were quickly filled. Oh, a gap. Oh, okay, I can see what a gap is. A gap is when um, uh, the price suddenly jumps up to a new trading range. So, closes on Monday, news information comes in and it comes in. The breakaway gap is an entirely different matter. The breakaway gap ends a consolidation pattern and happens as price breaks out. Often a breakaway gap occurs on a very large volume as the supply available within the consolidation pattern has consumed and bidders who want to enter the stock must pay up for it. A genuine breakaway gap is often not filled for weeks or months, if ever. Well, you don't want to break, break away down if the stock is complete shite. Or you've got a shite stock and it's suddenly genius. It really does convey to information, doesn't it? Quite honestly, let's see how it goes. Often a breakaway gap... So a gap is nothing to do with candles, it's just... There's nothing. There's a, there's you can actually write write something in. Often a breakaway gap occurs on a very okay. A genuine breakaway gap will often okay. The chart of Congara CAG shows a breakaway gap which occurred on enormous volumes. I can't see the gap here. Oh yeah, there's a sudden gap. It's suddenly broken down to a much lower share price. Note how the stock tried to rally back towards the resistance at $25.45 uh, on the gap. Gap of the gap. It failed right below the level and left an enormous upper shadow. Volumes on that day were about 350% higher than normal levels. The stocks were to approach... Uh, $25.44 again, it will face very strong resistance as buyers who have had the chance to get out at the close of the break-even will be attempted to do so. The continuation gap occurs within a rapid straight-up movement. This time the gap is known as a measuring gap because it usually occurs approximately halfway through the move. Continuation gaps may eventually be filled, but it should be take some time to do so as the stock needs to first peak, reverse and finally trend in the opposite direction. A fascinating example, according to this bloke, it's fascinating, of a continuation gaps occurs in the chart Brinter International Eat, a restaurant chain. The stock peaked just shy of the $40 level in March and hit the low of $33.19 in late April. After a snappy recovery, the stock closed at 
95 on June the 8th. Note the move from $33.19 to $36.95 was $3.76. Now, yeah, I'll grant you that. The next day, it gapped up on news that the company was boosting both its quarterly and full year earning outlook. The stock opened at $39.25 and backed off to $38.25. 65 and closed uh, over the round number resistance level of $40. Oh, God, Father. A continuation gap typically takes approximately halfway through the move. Uh, if you add the prior move of $3.76, oh, God. There's 21 candles, but that's not enough. You've got to tell, talk about gap. The gap day. Uh, $38.65 the target becomes $42.41. The stock hit $42.40 several trading days later. An exhaustion gap occurs at the end of a price move. If there's been two or more gaps before it, this kind of gap should be regarded very sceptically. A genuine exhaustion gap is filled within a few days to a week. BHP Billiton, an Australian mining stock, which trades on the New York Stock Exchange. The company tends uh, to form many gaps since the trading takes place in the Australian, in Australia before the NYSE opens dramatically influences BHP's performance on that day. Whoa! My godfather, this is the most gappy price. Good on you, Australia. So people with this would just make a huge amount of money. It would be worthwhile trading BHP on that money because you get the information and just be able to outperform everyone. In mid-June, however, note the BHP made an unusual number of gaps in a row. Even for this stock, the third gap formed a doji and the stock reversed, filling the top and middle gap by finding support at the bottom one. With the gaps I often find, the three strikes in your out rule applies. The third gap is obviously is often the final one. When a trader sees a gap, he or she should immediately ask, what kind of gap am I witnessing? Often it will take some time to come to a final decision. That seems to be a breakaway gap, for example. Many other, uh, many over this next several weeks uh, um, may over the next several weeks be filled, and the filling may be an important catalyst to take the trading action in the opposite direction. Candlestick theory, I, I really don't think you could call it candlestick theory. If, if he calls it a theory, I think he's a, a, a wanker. Okay, candlestick theory. While less detailed about gaps provides some important additional insights, Japanese theory does not distinguish between types of gaps, nor does it even use the term. Instead, gap is called a window, whereas a great deal of emphasis on candlesticks is given to reversal patterns, a window is considered as a continuation pattern. In other words, trading is highly probable to continue in the same direction after the window uh, as it did before. In his works on candlesticks, Steve Nielsen advised traders that they should typically trade in the direction of the window. Uh, if a particular stop is declining when the window occurs, then it's highly probable that the decline will continue. If the stock is rising and the window occurs, it should continue to rally.
Oh, this sounds stupid. Once a window has occurred, it becomes an important support, a resistant area. If the window occurred in a downtrend, then any subsequent rally and upper end of the window should uh, turn back prices. If the window was created in an uptrend, then the prices shall rally from the bottom. Edge of the window should be the lowest point of the climb. Further, candlestick theory holds that the test of all open windows is likely. The key thing to examine is what happens on this test. When the alert swing trader spots a window in a rising trend, i.e. he hasn't got a computer to do it for him, he has to actually physically, or he or she, he or she should expect for a time the price will continue higher. Eventually, however, the prices will reverse and will test the open window. On this test, prices should hold at a lower edge of the window, which is now an important support. If, however, the support level is violated and selling uh, pressure persists, then it's likely that the trend has reversed. The swing trader should now go uh, short in the same way he or she would if a horizontal support level had been breached. In a downtrend, the opposite is true. After the initial window, the decline should continue. Eventually, resistance, which is at the upper edge of the window, should be tested. If buying pressure persists and is able to move prices beyond the upper window, the swing trader should go long in the same way they would if a resistance level were overcome. Well, there you go. Taking a break here. another story comes to a close it's been a pleasure sharing this moment in time with you may you discover truly amazing things understand them and tell others thanks for listening